Podcast One Production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 27th of January. And we start with breaking news. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has made an emotional apology over the COVID crisis, confirming more than 100,000 people have now died across the UK from coronavirus. It's the first European nation to reach the grim milestone and is now the fifth nation in the world with the highest death toll, following the United States, Brazil, India and Mexico. It follows a huge surge in cases during the Christmas holiday season, coupled with the new highly contagious COVID strain. Here's Boris Johnson. And it's hard to compute the sorrow contained in that grim statistic. The years of life lost the family gatherings not attended, and for so many relatives, the missed chance even to say goodbye. I offer my deepest condolences to everyone who's lost a loved one. Fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, and the many grandparents who've been taken. Meantime, UK government ministers are expected to approve a plan to overhaul current quarantine programs. Back home now and a multi-million dollar advertising campaign will start today to encourage Australians to get the COVID vaccine. The $24 million blitz will roll out across television, radio and newspapers. Our experts looking carefully at the clinical trial results, along with all the data on quality and manufacturing of the vaccines. On Monday, the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration approved the Pfizer vaccine for use in Australia, with the rollout expected to start next month. And the Australia Day controversy continues as another Australian hands back their Order of Australia accolade over the Margaret Court controversy. Artist Peter Kingston says he'll return the medal he received in 2012. It follows a similar protest from high-profile journalist Kerry O'Brien, who was set to receive the prestigious honour but has now rejected the medal in light of the decision to recognise tennis legend Margaret Court. Mr O'Brien telling NITV the decision to give Mrs Court the nation's highest honour after her comments on same-sex relationships and transgender people is deeply insensitive and divisive. My problem in the end is not so much with Margaret Court as it is with the system that made a judgement that she deserved the highest civil honour in the land, which many people will take as, and would rightly or not, will take as an endorsement of those views which are so hurtful and so harmful. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. And firstly to Brisbane, a teenager has been charged with murder after a horror road crash killed two pedestrians. It's alleged the 17-year-old driver ran from the scene before being arrested. Our reporter Claire Shawwood has more from Brisbane. A couple walking their dog have been hit and killed in a horror crash involving an allegedly stolen car in Brisbane just minutes after that same car was involved in a road rage incident. Queensland police say the incident started with the theft of a Toyota Land Cruiser from a home in the Bayside suburb of Cleveland. The driver, a 17-year-old boy, allegedly smashing into another car in some sort of road rage incident before taking off and colliding with the truck. The Land Cruiser then rolling and colliding with a couple walking their dog at the time. There are initial reports the woman confirmed by police as a 31-year-old was pregnant while a 37-year-old man was also killed at the scene. The teenage boy has now been charged with murder. He's due to front court today.
Accused pedophile Malka Leifer is on her way back to Melbourne 13 years after fleeing the country. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne and says the 52-year-old will go into quarantine upon arrival but is set to face court as soon as possible. Thanks, Tash. Yes, she's expected to touch down sometime today after boarding a plane in Israel on Monday night. It comes after the Supreme Court of Israel rules the 52-year-old to return to Melbourne to face 72 counts of sexual assault. She's accused of abusing three students while she was a school principal between 2001 and 2008. Miss Leifer will face a magistrate via video link from quarantine and has long maintained her innocence. And Sydney has sweltered through its hottest Australia day since 1960, with temperatures soaring above 40 degrees. A number of parties were shut down with police enforcing COVID restrictions as tens of thousands headed to the beach to try and cool down. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. That's right, Tash. Plenty of praise for our lifesavers who are certainly tested on one of their busiest days of the year. Under the stress of the heat with huge crowds and some rough surf, there were close to 200 rescues and more than 50 emergency incidents in the state. Yesterday turned out to be Sydney's hottest Australia day since 1960, with hundreds of thousands cooling off in the water. On the whole, people stuck to the COVID rules, but police did have to shut down a big beach party at Lilypilly in Sydney. South due to a lack of social distancing. No one, though, was fined or arrested. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Wednesday morning, we are joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Good morning, Scott. Some good economic news from the International Monetary Fund. It's also great news for our economy. Good morning, Tash. Yeah, look, it's lovely doing the business and finance news at the moment because things keep getting better, which is really nice. And the good news is the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, one of the big global economic bodies, puts out a regular update of economic growth numbers and the economy globally is improving. Now, there's puts and takes across the board. The US has had its growth upgraded by two full percentage points. The European Union or the Euro area down a full one percentage point. So there are puts and takes, but broadly the good news is growth is improving. Their estimates are improving. While I don't update Australia specifically, uh, the good news is if the world economy continues to improve, we are an export-oriented nation, and that should be good for us here at home as well. Fingers crossed. And corporate Australia is about to have a bumper profit season, talking about good news, according to one organisation. This is phenomenal. So City, the, the investment bank and, and retail bank, they're saying they expect earnings per share growth, so basically profit growth, to be up 20% in 2021. That's greater than the fall last year in corporate profits, if you can believe that. So effectively, we've, we've more than made up for that. Some key ones, for example, resources are expecting to go up by a third, um, retail up you know, massively, really, really good news right across the market. That's good news for shareholders, of course. But again, like the IMF news, good news for everybody because if companies are making money, they're back hiring, spending, investing. And again, that really helps underpin the economic recovery. And also good news for jobs. The world's largest fund manager moves to make a net zero condition of investment. This is a really interesting story, Scott. So it sounds like a boring idea, doesn't it? Who cares what the world's largest fund manager is doing, except these guys control... 4% of the US stock market by themselves. And they've been increasingly loud on what they expect companies to be doing when it comes to the environmental risks. Now, they say that this is not an environmental issue. This is not a bleeding heart issue. This is pure cold, hard economics. They don't want their money in businesses that aren't prepared for what's coming. They see a future where net zero is a reality. 
And then effectively now saying, if you guys aren't ready for this, we're not going to take the chance of investing in your business. We're going to take our money somewhere else. They're not across the board. They've got some funds that aren't going to do it, but the vast bulk of their money, they're now saying, if you don't have a plan for net zero, if we don't see you getting there, we are going to start taking our money somewhere else because you guys are just way too risky. And the risk to share prices to investor returns is just too high to keep our money there. Very interesting to see how that plays out. Also this morning, Scott Woolworths retains top spot as Australia's most valuable brand. That's right, Tess. I'm not sure who your favourite retailer is, but Woolies seems to be Australia's favourite retailer and Australia's biggest brand, uh, a business called Brand Brand Finance. There's plenty of these reports out. You've got to take them with a dose of salt a little bit. They're saying the Woolworths brand is worth $12.5 billion. That's in front of Telstra. CBA, our, our most valuable bank, at just over $9 billion. Coles, Woolies competitor, comes in at number four. And BHP at number five. So some big, um, you know, big names there. Uh, Coles actually increasing uh, now that the fourth biggest brand, it was the fifth last year, swapping places with BHP. Interesting. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, a thrilling final day in the Big Bash. Yes, good morning, Tash. It was, wasn't it? Seven of the eight BBL teams all in contention to make the finals leading into the final round. We had three games on yesterday. The Sixers claiming top spot. Uh, they uh, beat the Melbourne Stars by five wickets. Now, confusingly, we've had a lot of innovations and yellow hats and all sorts of stuff going on in the BBL. They uh, only needed a bash boost point uh, to finish top of the table. They did so with ease, which meant that the result was really irrelevant uh, in the end, but they still beat the Stars by five wickets. Uh, the Brisbane Heat, they haven't played in the finals for four years. That drought now over. They beat the Perth Scorchers yesterday by six runs. Marnus Labuschagne, the hero, chipping in with bat and ball. He made 46 and then took three wickets. A bit of a roller coaster. I'm gonna, not going to lie. You know, it feels great to actually get into the finals. You know, we've been close the last few years. Thank you to our friends at Fox Sports. They host the Strikers in Friday night semi at the Gabba. In the other match yesterday, uh, the Renegades spoiled the Hurricanes party. Hobart needing to beat the red side of Melbourne to make the finals. They couldn't do that. Uh, so Zach Evans snaring five wickets. The Gades winning by 11 runs. And Brett, usually with tennis players, they love to fire a couple of shots with a tennis racket. But gosh, a war of words continues to erupt between Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic. Yes, Nick Kyrgios continues to be the voice of reason ahead of the Australian Open coming up in a couple of weeks. As for the more than 70 players in hard hotel quarantine, the Aussie tennis star says they all knew what they were getting into. Health and safety always comes first in my eyes. At the end of the day, it is only a tennis tournament we're playing and I don't think it should override health protocols and putting other people at risk. So they they knew when they got here what the, you know, the restrictions were going to be, uh, what some of the conditions they were going to be under. Rafa Nadal seems to back up and Nick Kyrgios as well had an interview on Spanish TV. He believes there were other motives behind uh, what Novak was doing with that uh, that breakaway tennis association that he wants to start up. Interesting, isn't it? And also, Brett, there was so much great sport happening on Australia Day. What happened in the A-League and NBL? Yeah, didn't leave the couch yesterday. Tash, (laughs) Melbourne victory in the A-League, finally getting their first win. Jake Brimmer scoring a double as victory beat Perth Glory 2-1. In the NBL, the Brisbane Bullets were off to their worst start to a season in 18 years. That's now over. They're finally on the board getting their first win. Vic Law, Nathan Sobey combining for 53 points to beat the Sydney Kings by three points. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details now around the country for this Wednesday morning and thankfully much cooler temperatures in many parts of Australia today. Firstly to Brisbane, partly cloudy 31. Much cooler day today for Sydney, 26 and showers expected. Cloud clearing in Melbourne, 24, 23 with a shower or two on the way for Canberra. 
Gosh, chilly day for Hobart today, 17 in cloudy conditions, 28 in sunny for Adelaide, 27 in partly cloudy for Perth and possible showers and storms for Darwin with a top of 29. And a 28-year-old woman's name has gone viral after South Australian police issued an alert to help track her down. The woman's name is Kaysan Cox, spelt K-H-E-S-A-N-H, as in the name of the famous Cold Chisel song. Cox is wanted for a number of serious offences and breach of bail after she removed a home detention device. It's certainly a serious matter, but local police said in a statement, Kay is not a choir girl and they've already searched Bow River and the Star Hotel. Others on social media have suggested police are looking for her from the ocean to the Silver City, while suggesting the alleged offender could be on the last plane out of Sydney. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review, and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belly. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.